You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Actually, Condor, it's a troubled time, which means it is Judd and Chip Scoggins, my buddy from the Star Tribune, who uh, joins me every week to discuss the going on in the sports world and also uh, locally as well. Okay, Chip Scoggins, tell me this, tell us the story on the podcast that you just told about your decision last night when it was yeah. crunch time in the fourth quarter, Wolves Spurs. What key decision did Chip Scoggins make? Yeah, so I'm thinking even if it's the Wolves, right, and we know that they're terrible. I thought comfortably, okay, they, they played, you know, decent. They were up, what, 15, 16 going into the fourth quarter? Or they were up 16 at one point, I think. Yeah, it might have been 14. So I think, you know what, went to commercial. I'm turning over to Airplane Repo, which is one of my favorite shows. <laughs> I can't believe you don't watch Airplane Repo. I've never I'm, heard of it. I love Airplane Repo. Don doesn't watch it. Yeah, I think it's A&E. I, I don't know, though, but – um. It's basically people that are getting their airplanes repossessed. They have these guys that are they, – they go basically steal them back, and it's, you know, I'm not sure it's 100%. Uh, How do you re- – Reality? But I'll stop you right st- there. How do you repossess an airplane? Like a car I get, you just take it. These guys are these guys are unbelievable. They sneak in there under the cover of darkness. Um, they pretend they're people that they're not, and then they get in there, and they basically hijack the plane, and they get out of – get out of town by the people are basically it, it always is the same way the people that are getting their, their airplanes uh repossessed they wind up chasing at them maybe shooting at them it's great but um wow. so so at the end i was like well i'll flip over and see what the final score was and I look on twitter and it's you know typical wolves twitter after another meltdown they lost i'm like oh my god they lost so i tweeted out i, I switched over to the fourth quarter to watch airplane repo i look like i made the right decision and one of the characters on Airplane Repo liked my tweet. <laughs> I have no Ken Cage. I have no idea how he uh, how he uh, how he saw my tweet, but he did, and he liked it. So that was uh, that made my morning when I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you would never get if if no. you had if you had gone from Airplane Repo to the Wolves, D'Lo ain't liking that tweet. <laughs> like if you would be like, "Hey, I switched over to the Wolves game to watch it," you ain't getting D'Lo or Cat to be like, "Ah, Chip Scoggins." That would be. Yeah. I stopped watching Airplane Repo to watch the Wolves fourth quarter. I made the right call. Yeah, I get a like by Ryan Saunders. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's Tim's. Way to go, Chip. Eyes. Flip. Flip the channel. Turn off Airplane Repo. I love it. Yeah, so that, that, that made my morning. Oh, good God. Well, you know what? I mean, what do you do? I don't like, know. What do you I mean, do? How, many, how, how much longer is this going to go on? Well, I don't think they're going to make I, – I will stick with what I said, and I might be totally wrong here because it's a guess. I don't think they're going to make a coaching change during the season because uh, I don't think there's a coach either. to turn to, but I don't see how Ryan is around at the start of next season. I just don't – Chip. Unless, is, unless. The only, only way I can see it happening, Judd, is, is if they get Towns back and all of a sudden they start playing well, which I don't, 
I don't know that that's going to happen, but yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm letting it grow out to be like you. I can't quite get to you, but I'm I'm. I got I'm the gray. It's all gray. I'm, I know. I'm looking rough. I'm there. Parvinian. But, uh, yeah. Um, that's the only way I can see it, Judd. Is if if they you know finally get Towns and Russell to play more than. 30 minutes, you know, in a row together and it, and it looks good and there's promising maybe then, but I mean, Judd, this is, I mean, they are just finding different ways to lose at this point. And, um, I didn't see it, but based on, uh, Twitter, it sounds like the two guys that were actually playing well last night, uh, Ant and, and, uh, Beasley basically didn't get to touch the ball in the fourth quarter because Russell kept shooting the ball. Is that- I've got it right here. Fourth quarter shots, Ant, zero. How does that happen, Judd? Beasley, 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 who chipped. Beasley last night, 29 points, 12 of 18 from the field, 4 of 8 on threes, okay? Like, he's having his, he's having one of his best games. Beasley, four shots in the quarter. Russell, eight shots. Oh, my gosh. How many, so, and I saw this too, did did Ryan sit those guys, uh, Beasley, for a long stretch in the fourth quarter? How many minutes did he play? Uh, He limited them. He limited, yeah, yeah, he did. In fact, I've got the paper right here. Talk, and I'll tell you because it's like, incredible. And that—that's where you get into the the the, the coaching and the game day decisions, and or in the rotations. And you know, I, I assume he had uh, Russell and Rubio playing together at the end, which is not working. It's like he did. What yep. would Tibbs? Tibbs would have uh, played who's hot till the wheels fell off, right? Yes. So what? I, I just don't get it. I, I don't. Some of the stuff I don't get. So uh, last night, the playing time for Beat Beasley, 31-42. So as a comp, as a comp, DeMar DeRozan, who, who again, for the second uh, time in a game this season, destroyed the Wolves. Yeah. DeRozan played 40-17. So, so I mean, Be- Beasley's ha- just – Absolutely having a great game. 31-42, DeRozan 40-17. Isn't that one of those things where you say, okay, I have these rotations and all that, but this guy's going good, so he's going to play my entire fourth quarter for me? Or until we get a – just stretch the lead out? Yep. Did you sit him? I, I just – And he didn't is... get the last shot, Chip. It was Russell out of a timeout with a play that didn't really look drawn up. It was just sort of this, hey, launch the ball. Well, and that's and – that's... My issue sometimes with with Russell, or a lot of times, is I know he's a you know when he gets rolling he can score and and he's a high paid, but yep. too often it just looks like AAU basketball where it's like my turn, it's, it's my turn to shoot. You know, no matter what happens, it's like my turn. I'm, I'm taking this shot, and it's just I don't know. I, I still you know you, you got to get Towns back and you got to see what it looks like with the full complement. But um, yeah, but I mean. This, I think I, I mentioned this last time. When the wild's healthy and everybody's there and everything, yep. it makes sense where they're going. Yes. Like, I, this just doesn't make sense at all to me, the Wolves. Like, what – you have the first-round pick who, you know, he struggled outside shooting but can get to the basket and is doing some good things, and he doesn't take a shot in the fourth quarter? I mean, how is that even possible, Judd? I have no idea. I have no clue. And and I will – so the – the word that I have come up with to describe the problem here, and I don't think this problem goes away now when Towns does come back, Chip, 
The word is stability. There is yeah. no stability from anybody. And I and Ryan, you know, again, God bless him, great kid, but he's a kid. And, and it doesn't feel like, and I'm not asking to be clear here for Tibbs back. So I don't want someone who's yeah, screaming yeah. and yelling and gesticulating on my sideline. But what I do want is a coach who can draw up a play and and have a plan. And to back to your point, can play the hot hand an extended period of time. That's my problem here. Like, where is the stability? Well, and the other thing is, I think I read this quote either in the in the paper or in somebody's uh, blog this morning, um, where Ryan said basically we did we did everything we did we did things right in the first three quarters, and then we started doing things on our own. And yep. we've heard that over and over, Judd. And it's like Ryan, that's your job. That's because they feel like they can do that and get away with it, and there's no repercussions for it. Right. But I just think that they need. A, I think they need a, um, not an old coach but a coach with experience who can stabilize things and who can tell Russell D'Angelo, you're not doing that right now. Right. Or if B if Beasley gets hot, don't take him out. He stays in Ant. I mean, Ant. I I think in the last, I don't know, chip five games or so has really shown some things he's progressing. He's making. So for him to have zero shots in a quarter in which you absolutely just melt down, it just makes zero sense. Yeah, I, and there's I don't no rhyme know. or reason to that. Well, that's the thing is like, you know, drop a play for him to get to the basket because uh, that's where he's really. I mean, I, I like the way he's attacking now and not just kind of settling for that jumper, which was awful there for that five or six game stretch where he couldn't make anything. It's like, yeah. no, go to the basket because you're athletic, you're strong. That's kind of your game right now, and it's just it's maddening where you have a first round pick that goes the entire fourth quarter and doesn't get a shot. I just. I'm, I can't, I can't understand that one at all. You had you had a twenty to two run against you, like you were in control of this twenty to two. Twenty to two in the NBA game. This is yes. not like you know seventh grade basketball. Yes, a fourth quarter run, like you had to, to your point when when you flipped to your show. Airplane you had, yeah. <laughs> you had this game. You had the Spurs repoed the game from the Wolves. <laughs> They stole it. They <laughs> ran away with the damn game just like airplane I, repo. I watched airplane repo. You watched basketball repo. Yes, Popovich <laughs> in the dark of night snuck over to the Wolves sideline and repo to win. I should, I should tweet that and Popovich like it. That's right. I did. Yeah, I got the win. But Greg, but, you didn't deserve that win. I don't care. I love Pop. A couple years ago, it must have. It was been. It would have been Rubio's first year. So however long it was, but and. uh me and Jeff Sheldon, our old colleague. Yeah. Um, Jeff was stringing. He wasn't working at the, at the Star Tribune, but I think he was stringing for AP. Yeah, because he was getting the opponent quotes. And I, I don't know what I was doing down there. I was waiting. So we talked to Pop before the game. He, he must have saw our faces or whatever. <clears throat> and then after the game, <clears throat> it's late. They'd won. And me and Jeff were down there in the locker room, like the only two, I think, reporters left. I can't remember who I was waiting on. I was waiting on somebody. I can't remember what it was. And uh, – Pop walks by and he looks at us, me and Jeff. He's like, would you two go drink a beer? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> just great. Just, I mean, just, you know, not being mean, just like, just go have a beer. You oh, he gets it. Here. Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah. He totally um, gets it. Yeah. So I'm glad I watched Airplane Repo and not that mess. Oh, it's just, I mean, and and I don't know. At some point in time, I'm going to stop being surprised at all by this yeah. like i was like to you know up 16 i thought 
They can't lose. In, in well, fact, I, thought, I, too, I, I thought 16 was going to go to 26. Like, I thought the Spurs were just cashing out. They're done. And uh, at some point in time, I really need to stop turning off the t- TV once the game is done and saying, I'm really surprised by that. Well, you probably thought that because you saw the way Beasley was rolling just to assume, assume yeah. it was, you know. Yeah, he's knocking down shots right and left. You you have a good four-minute stretch to start the quarter, and that game's over, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets hot and makes some shots. Instead, they just – I don't know. <laughs> it just feels – what, do they got five wins now? Is that uh, you know, I wrote. I think I wrote down – yes, five and 16. So they're probably still one of the two or three worst records, I assume. Yeah, and, but unfortunately, yeah, it, it it's matter. a top three protected pick, so you're yeah. hoping that they'll get that they'll be absolutely continue to be this bad. Perhaps they'll get a top three pick, because if they don't, you know what's going to happen. They're going to get the fourth pick. Yeah, it's going to go to Golden State. Golden State's going to get a great player, and we're all going to look at this poor franchise yeah. and say, ah, not surprising. Well, that's the thing is like – when Towns comes back, they're obviously not going to be this bad. I mean, they're going to win win games that they that they've been losing it, you know. Because yeah, just, but they blew the Memphis game with they, with they did blow that. But that we saw like that. You know, someone reminded me last night on Twitter. My tweet after game two is like, you know, after that after the Utah game is like, I, it's one game, and I don't know how good this team is, but they're a lot more interesting to watch this year. And then you know, of course, Towns goes out the next game, and they're back to being unwatchable. It was the same person I guarantee to you because I put out uh, approximately the same tweet after after the second Wolves game, mm-hmm. and I got it thrown back at me last night. I guarantee oh, it was the same yeah. person digging them out, and I just I sent one word back: guilty. Yeah, I said guilty. Yeah, I sent back to him. I was like, I was like, yeah, that one didn't hold uh, hold up very well, but um, but I do want to see. I do want to see Towns and his and his team together for a stretch. Just to, sure. I mean, I'm not saying they're a playoff team or anything, but they're obviously better when he's back. I, I thought Jace Frederick from uh, Pioneer Press had a good column there. Days like you don't even know what they are, so to, to, you know you, you can't even make a judgment on because you don't even know what they are. But this is what I'm saying is I, I think from the coaching as, aspect or the angle of coaching chip, I think they need stability. I really do. I think they need somebody who definitely knows what that what he is doing. Yes. And I don't think that they have that. And look, Ryan got hired really young, and that's a tough job. I mean, the best thing that career-wise, because I do think he could be a successful head coach someday, the best thing that could have happened to Ryan was if he had been on like a spolstrous, you know, coaching Yeah. Staff. And he didn't get that experience. Like he started to, but he didn't get the full experience. What kind of um, kind of profile of a coach do you think they need? You, do you know who intrigues me right now? The the guy that flip loved, Dave Yeager. Yeager. Yes, yeah. he yeah. intrigues me because he's young enough. I think he identifies with players, but he he's got experience. experience. Yeah, he's got experience, and I think he's a very smart coach. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the type of guy who can who can put his thumb on things and at least control it. Again, yeah. I'm not asking for Tibbs. That's that's too much. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm asking for a person that's probably somewhere right dead smack in the middle of Tibbs and Ryan. And yeah. I think I think Dave <laughs> would be that type of guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's if you looked around the league, I'm sure there's a dozen guys that would, you know, that kind of fit what you're looking for that has experience that kind of has that um you know, ability to hold people accountable without, you know, going so far over into the line. Um, 
but it's yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do. I agree with you. I, I don't think anything's going to happen this year. I'd be I would be surprised if you made a change um, during the year. Yeah, and to who? And, you know, and, an assistant well, coach on your staff. I think you at least. I mean, whatever you think about Ryan, I think you at least have to let him have yeah. Towns play for more than two games before you fire Agreed. a coach. You know, so. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, have Have you ever had this much fun before the Super Bowl was done, Chip Scoggins, with quarterback controversies? <laughs> the quarterback. I mean, yeah. Stafford gets traded. Uh, Kirk's name. I don't think he'll be moved, but it's come up. Yeah. Um, there's talk. There, there is. Uh, I saw too. Twitter talk. Andrew Luck might be, you know, sending out some feelers. Honest to God, we are not to the Super Bowl yet. I know. And the quarterback, it's, the most important position in sports, it, this is fantastic. I love this as a sports fan. How old is Andrew Luck? Oh, look is, that is, up. Is he? I'll look it up right now. What, early? Is he 30, 31? He's be around 30. Um, talk about a guy that just disappeared. Yes. Like, I mean, did he do any interviews the last couple of years? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, just No, I think of, he's. I think he went and said bye bye. Yeah, he did what he said he was going to do: just disappear and not be in the he, spotlight. Thirty-one, right now. Thirty-one. So he's still um, he still got time left if if he oh, is yeah I mean, healthy and wants to come back. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's been fascinating to see. Obviously, um, the Stafford thing. I don't know if that sets a market in terms of what you could get for a quarterback because how much of that was. How much was what the Rams gave up uh, a sign about how much they wanted him versus a sign of how much they want to get out from underneath that contract of of golf? A little bit of both, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was to me, to me, you you, it almost was like we're gonna have to probably overspend just so we don't have to have this contract hanging around our neck, you know. Yeah. Um, which it was, it's just fascinating because you know I can't even imagine what Houston's going to get for Deshaun Watson. And here's the thing: they can play hardball, but in the, the day they have to trade him. I mean, he, oh, yeah. you know, when a guy is that unhappy and that frontal about it, just you know, you you know, you just have, even if you take a big step back, you have to do it just for turning the page. And so, um, yeah. You know, I, I'm torn on the whole how many first rounders you give up because I've, I've seen different theories floated out there. Like, well, first rounders are not, you know, you never hit on all of them, and they're, um, you know, I'd rather have the the superstar now, which which is true, mm-hmm. but if you can hit on that first rounder, you got it for five years under relatively cost effective uh, money, and so to say they're not, you know, they're not as valuable because you, you're not getting a sure thing. But if you do get a sure thing, you got it, I, I say relatively cheap, you know, but it's not, you're not breaking the bank on a, you know, on a rookie contract. So, um, but I would, I'd probably still give up a ton to get to John Watson, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In, in fact, what, what did um, John McClain from the Chronicle, I think had what, and, and he's uh, super plugged in. He had what the Texans would want, which I think Chip was two first rounders, uh, like something like a second and a third. It wasn't, I don't think it was three or four, but it was also a current defensive player from teams well, who's, who's good. So yeah. like, it, I think it was about, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, four or five pieces. 
Yeah, and you know, like if they were if they were to call the Vikings, you know, they'd want two first, Daniil Hunter and a mid rounder, probably. Yeah, but I mean, Daniil, I mean, I I am so curious to see when when this starts to surface and come out, um, if if he is indeed trying to get paid like a starting QB, which, which is what top flight pass rushing ends make. I am really curious to see if the Vikings can't convince him to kick the can down to at least 2022 what they'll do there too because i mean if if he basically comes in and says i don't need to be paid exactly like kirk but close to kirk you're cap strapped and if that thing comes down it's going to be a really curious yeah well i my hunch is just if you're in his position aren't you gonna want to be i think bose is probably the the benchmark right yep i mean that's what i mean you always look at the the highest paid guy and match up your, you know, go from there. Or so, but Judd, that is a big jump from where he's at to Bosa. I mean, you're talking, uh, what, 14 million more, um, than what he's being paid now. So yeah, it'll be, uh, I think we talked about it. I mean, like that has to be on your, your business agenda. That has to be number one, I would think. Right. If, if you're not, if you're not, if there's no anything to the cousins, you know, trying to dangle him or trade him or anything, if, if that's all just, you know, us having fun um, and not legit, then I think Daniel Hunter has to be number one on the list and figuring out what you have to do there. Cause everything else is going to react. Well, according to, yeah. Cause exactly. you, you know how much you have to pay him and then, okay, who do we have to cut and who do we have to restructure? Right. Right. And, and if he comes in and says, I, I need to be paid like a quarterback, and you say, well, we can't right now. And he says, well, I'm coming off a neck problem, and I'm not going to play unless I, I am. Now you, you've got a problem. And the thing about that is that that conversation, my guess is that's going to take place in March, Chip. Now, we might not find out immediately how that conversation went, but yeah. the Vikings should know here pretty quick what the price of poker with him is going to be. And then I think from there is how you sort of react uh, with the rest of your potential moves. Because if they do pay him – I don't see how you, you can be very active as far as trying to improve at yeah. guard un, unless it's going to be through the draft. Well, it. yeah, you know, you have to plug those holes to do a draft. Do they set the um, the salary cap on the first day of the uh, league year? Right around then, but they're talking about it right now. And and it now I saw a report, I think it was from Pelissero last night, that said it might not be coming down as much as we thought but the weird thing is so i think it was for 2020 i think it was 198.5 198 yeah yeah and now there's been talk for a while i saw because the floor they've agreed the lowest they can go is 175 and then there was talk that it might only come down to 190 and then somebody else came along and said no probably 180 and now pelicero's tweet last night said it might not come as much so i mean that's going to be the key thing here well yeah that's the that's the that sucker goes to one if if it goes between 175 and 180 you got problems if you're the vikings if it i think if it goes around 190 it's not ideal but i think you can work with it yeah you can if it's if it's just a you know eight million dollar drop is yeah, not ideal, but it's not doomsday. Um, but a lot of teams, if it went to 180 and you have, you know, most of these teams just have so much money tied up already yep. in future contracts, especially if you have a quarterback, a veteran quarterback. Um, heck, they might make a lot of guys restructure just to get under it, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, release or, or you're going to see 
a really young NFL. You're going to see a lot of undrafted guys make rosters and a lot of veterans not make rosters, I That's think, exactly if, it comes, right. if it comes down like that. And so it'll be interesting to see um, what effect that would have on the product. Or take cheap deals if it's if it's you know, that, or, or, or yeah, just take really minimal deals. I think I think a lot of veterans might take one year deals and just say, "Here's okay, the problem. Let me, let me prove it, and I'll make a big deal." You know, off of what you just said, here's my problem. There are some areas of this sport right now where if the product comes down much more, it's damn near unwatchable. Yeah, not the quarterbacks; they're great. The receivers are good too. But Chip, if you if you get to a point where like you just say we can't pay corners now, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of questionable corners in rotation already. Yeah. Um, this league can't afford it. I don't think just for the sake of, of the watchability of the product and it, they probably wouldn't care. I do, but to have like defenses come down a lot more and be like, ah, sorry, we can't pay this guy. He's a good corner, but he costs too much. So we're going to plug in a rookie from BYU. <laughs> and that's what, you know, what do we say about the Vikings all year is like, like, are they a playoff team or not? It's like, well, I don't know how good they are, but I know there's a lot of bad teams in the league, so you can just beat a lot of bad teams. I mean, on a week-to-week basis, you see there's just like, man, there's this product is bad. I mean, there's just not yeah. – I mean, there's a few really good teams, and then I would say just some above-average teams, and then a lot of just blah, you know, week-to-week where it's, they're either bad or mediocre. Um, and it shows up on defense. You're right. And scoring went way up there, which is what the league wants. And so, um, I, I think coaches, probably the head coach of the Vikings would tell you it was officiated differently with the lack of holdings. And so that contributed to it too. But, but I also yeah. think it's, I think it's just the way the, the quarterbacking is so good, you know, and, and the receivers are terrific now. And so it's, um, but yeah, I don't think they can. You know, they have to take a look at like just what some people call parody. We call bad football. Yeah, <laughs> you know? mediocrity. Let's, let's not let's That's not exactly what it, let's no, not really. let's not confuse media, uh, parody for for good football. It's media. It's mediocre football at best, and, and it's why the, the greatest thing the the perfume for the stink of this league is the red zone channel. Because they're yeah, flipping yeah. all the highlights and like, oh, okay, let's go to the Jacksonville Jets game. Mm-hmm. The rest of it's crap, but here's a really fun play <laughs> that you're about to see because it's in the red zone. Um, no, I mean, there is – well, Chip, the National Football Conference, okay, yeah, is not good. No. The, the you know, the Chiefs are good. A- AFC, there are good teams there. But if you look at, at the overall uh, structure and teams in the NFC right now, yeah, you tell me, and it, it's why it's why I I think the teams you know like the Vikings have a chance in two thousand twenty one. Yeah. Well, it's not that good. When when the Vikings played at at Tampa, and obviously they didn't play well, and they had to miss field goals, and you know a couple of weird uh, officiating calls, which I'm not going to blame it on that. But you know the hail mary. So, so but I, I remember watching Tampa, and I was like, you know they're pretty good, but I don't think they're like special or dominant or anything like that. And hell, they're playing the Super Bowl, Judd. I know. I mean, like... Well, Green Bay did. I mean, they, they've got a great QB, but did the Green Bay Packers no. ever make you say, oh, my God, that's a, that is a championship well, team? No, at the end of the year, I thought they were the best team in the NFC, but I didn't think they were like yeah. this unbeatable force. I mean, I just thought 
they were playing good. good. I thought they were playing good. Yeah. But I also thought, like, having watched them, like, and granted, you know, it was that windy day there, but it's like their defense was atrocious trying to tackle Dalvin. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch that and you're like, this is going to be the Super Bowl team? Now, I, now, they got better, and I think Tampa got better. But, yeah, I don't think there's – uh, there's no one where, like, if you're on AFC side, you're like, oh my god, we got to face Mahomes in this offense for the next ten years. You know, we're, we're screwed. There's nobody like that in the NFC, I don't think. No, I know there's not. You know, no, so there's you, not. If you're, if you're looking to rebuild or get better, I mean, I think there's, I, I think it is pretty wide open. Hey, off of Zimmer, uh, what, what you t- talked about at his end of the season presser, Chip. Mm-hmm. Why why does he or why did he think that the officiating that that basically cut down on holding calls, which by yeah. the way I applauded and loved, yeah. and I yeah. think they did on purpose. Why sure, does one hundred percent they did? Why does he think that's going back next year? Like to me, th- these are decisions that the league makes. So yeah. he he almost said, "Well, I think the game squeaky was wheel." <laughs> But they ain't gonna care what an old what, what an old coach with the Vikings says. Like, yeah, I, I they're not. Know. Gonna, but I mean, he he almost like it, I saw the quote, and he almost like tried to allude to this was a COVID impacted officiating year or something. That's no. not what this was. This was a a or an admission, rightfully yeah. so, that they were calling holding constantly, and every big play was being erased or you at least said I wonder if this 60 yard pass I just saw is going to count so I didn't I didn't get why Mike alluded to the, the yeah. fact that he thinks that that's going to a uh, shift back because I don't think that is no because think about the last couple of years what was the reaction anytime there was a 50 yard pass play what do you do look for a flag it's what Ricey that's what Patrick said he's a thousand percent right yeah that's that's first thing you do is like oh my god is there a flag and I think the NFL heard that and they, and they did it too and they're like okay that's that's making people angry and it's hurting the product. And so we ain't calling holding anymore, you know. And yeah. I don't know if Mike and, you know, a group of coaches are just going to scream till they're, you know, but I don't think – I don't think they got complaints from fans about it. No. You know, I, you know no fans are going to say, you know what, we need to get holding back in the game. That's what we need. And the league's just going to look at it and say, hey, scoring was up. Fans loved it. They, they liked the flow of the game. They didn't. We didn't hear much complaining about, you know, games being over officiated. It ain't going backwards. It's not going back to that. No, so. and I, like Mike, the problem is that that Zim coaches a side of the ball and loves that the league itself does not care about. Correct. So, yeah. so like he can he can go uh, and and you know yell and scream and tell Goodell you got to change, and they're not going to. They're the one thing that this league does is. I, I think this league knows that across the board, the product is not great, but they also know that some of the players, i.e. quarterbacks, receivers are great, right? Mm-hmm. So the league basically says, okay, the rosters top to bottom aren't great. How can we feature the best of the best? And calling n- number 72 for a hold after you've just had this great, big, exciting play in the stadium is going nuts. Hurts the game. So as far as I'm concerned, Mike can protest and can yell and can cry and can pout and can stomp his feet. And the league is going to say, thank you very much for your input, Mike. Now sit down while we do something else that's going to benefit the offenses because that's where our bread is buttered. Sit down while we watch the Super Bowl with Tom Brady and the most exciting exactly. offense. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's the, but like he said it like they were going to change. Yeah. Like this is not a COVID thing. No, no, it, it no, I don't think there's 
you know, the one thing that was interesting, and Seifert had the stat early, and I, I don't know if it um, if it stayed that way. I assume it did, but that offensive holding was down, defensive holding was way up. <laughs> yes, yes, because they're yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I assume those numbers stayed that way all the way through because that's the way it started for like the first five weeks. But no, it is. I mean, I'm sure Goodell and him look at it, it's like we got the absolute greatest Super Bowl scenario that we could have got. You know, if we get Tom Brady in a new town and a new team and and this Kansas City, you know, video game offense and Andy Reid and what I'm supposed to live, listen to Zimmer about holding exactly. No, 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 no. Yeah. Because no. he wants it, you know, my <laughs> nose tackle was held. Mike, no one knows who that is. You know, yeah. Shamar Stefan was not allowed to be a star. Okay, Mike, thanks for that. You know, Score, let's go back to watching. Up. Let's go back yeah. to watching Patrick and TB12. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah I just saw so. that quote, though, and I'm like, what's he talking about? Yeah. Like, no, you're he... not going to get this back. Oh, you know what? We need to reinstitute an, an initiative. <laughs> think, think about that. We need to reinstitute an initiative to call holding more. Because <laughs> it's not fair to the defense. You know, 10-yard penalty. Oh, yeah. yay. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, going back to uh, the game on Sunday, who – who do you got? The Chiefs or the, I like the Chiefs? Yeah, I like Attitude. the Chiefs. I, I just think that offense, and I, I do like the Bucks uh, defense, but I think I just think Mahomes and Andy Reid and that offense is and be enemy and just they got they got the secret formula right now. Obviously, they got the best quarterback, you know, going and the fastest offense. That, you know, they got a bunch of track stars on offense and the best tight end. But I just I, I don't think that they can score with them. Do you? No, I, no, I don't. You think basically. So. Judge, you basically, if you get eight possessions, you better score touchdowns on six or seven of them. <laughs> yeah, and the amazing thing, Chip Scoggins, the amazing thing is you just picked a team that I believe is going to start Mike Remmers at mm-hmm. left tackle at left tackle in a yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Think about think about that. You just picked a team that is going to start a guy who failed slightly yeah. at tackle but was a miserable failure as a guard for the mm-hmm. Vikings. He's going to protect Mahomes blindside and I would argue it almost doesn't matter. No, I mean he we always talk about that with Kirk, you know, being able to rise above it and and it's you know it's a little bit of indictment on Kirk, but I mean, how many quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes either? I mean, oh yeah, I'm not saying Mahomes, so. no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you he can rise with yeah. Mike Remmers starting at left tackle. Yeah, yeah, because the quarterback is that just he's a magician, man. He's an absolute magician. He he's as much fun. He probably oh. he probably falls in my top five of athletes across all sports to watch. Who I marvel at how fun it is. Yeah, to watch. Gretzky was there. Mahomes is there. Magic for me. How's the magic guy? Yeah, that that's a great one. But I mean, if you were to pick a top five, I think he makes the top five. And Jed, I he does I things a, that he shouldn't be able to do. I have a professional jealousy not to get to cover every snap of his every game. You know, like you see athletes in other markets, like man, that'd be fun to cover him. You know, because you get to see and see him at practice or see him in every. You know, we see the highlights, but even you're not seeing every highlight he has. If you you know, so it'd be so much fun to you know just have a. An athlete like who? Who's the athlete in town that we've had that we're just like you know we're pretty damn lucky to be able to cover well, this guy. Favre for Favre. us in two thousand nine was great to cover because he yeah. was fantastic, and and the good thing about and the bad thing about Brett was the same thing. You never knew exactly what you were going to get on or off the field, sure. but it was still fun. But it was still fun and entertaining to cover. 
We thought Buxton would be that, you know. Yeah, hasn't he hasn't, it, risen he hasn't to played that. enough? Yeah, he just hasn't played enough. Um, uh, Kaprizov, I'm curious about. I, I'm not yeah. there yet. I'm, I'm no, not close, no. but but he has uh, he has special abilities that most guys don't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because but, but Favre was the one guy that I covered. I guess Peterson was that way too early yeah. in his career. Yeah, I mean, because you know, you, you, he was that type of athlete where you're like, if I was in another market, I'd be like, man, I'd like to watch that guy every game. That's you true. Know? That's true. The the thing that astounds me about a guy like Mahomes is this though. He continually makes plays he has no business making. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, you know, the sidearm throws, underhand throws. He's about to be sacked, and he does something that if nine out of ten quarterbacks tried it, they'd be picked off and benched. Like, Favre tried to do what he accomplishes, and it got picked off. And the thing about – so, like, with Mahomes, when you see one of those plays, like, do you think he practices that, or does that just happen in the spur of the moment he does it? I think You you can't practice those situations. No, I think he's that talented. I think he's that talented. Don't you? Yeah, because I don't I mean, how would you even practice the scenario where you're going <laughs> to throw he, <laughs> Well, how how many arm slots oh, my, yeah. do you think he has? Well, like it's funny because like, when he sees when he sees like a uh he has to drop down, he's almost like sidearm, you know. Yes. To, to squeeze it, you know, through a little tight window or whatever because he can't it's it's amazing. 3 quarters. Yeah. Side, yeah, no, he he has more ways to deliver a football. Yeah, than anybody I've ever seen, and I don't think it's particularly close. No, like I mean, Favre tried stuff, but it uh, but it often didn't work, or it it failed spectacularly with the nearest. Oh year. right, yeah. but I mean Patrick doesn't. The, the The amazing thing is Mahomes fails, but it's not regular, and it's usually not spectacular. Yeah, uh, it's just incredible. It's not near interception. Just go. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I can't remember anybody's played like this. I mean he's just unique, one of a kind. You know. It, I mean it's. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm, it's been, you know, not having the traditional Super Bowl week is kind of, I don't know if it's dampened it, but it's, you don't have that same kind of ramp up with the, the real media day and having the shows on location there, you know, or the players there. So it's been a little bit different, but I'm, I am super excited for this, for this game. Oh, it's going to be. Yeah. Great fun. What, what do you think that Reed saw in Mahomes that he glummed on to? I, I mean, he, be, because you, Yes, yes, the quarterback now makes the coach's life fairly simple, I think, now. Yeah, yeah. But, but to his credit, they, they traded up. Um, yeah. He took a chance that a lot of guys would, would be like, I can't do that or I can't. What do you think he saw that made him sort, sort of like put the big Hawaiian shirt on? Yeah. You know, take off the tight collar and say, I'm going to let this ride. Yeah, I don't know because I, I honestly, I can't remember – really watching them a lot in college. I mean, Texas Tech, like who, I mean, I wasn't watching that team a lot, you know? Yep. So I, I can't sit here and say, I, you know, it wasn't like, um, you know, Andrew Luck, where you're like, all right, the number one pick, you know, without a doubt, Andrew Luck was going, you know, where you saw him a lot. I just didn't see Mahomes play a lot in college. And so, and there was probably some talk about, well, how's it the system? Obviously he was good, but I mean, that, that you know, that system was going to put up a lot of, passing yards anyways but something i mean whether it was a god given town or something he's during the pre-draft stuff talking to him or personality i don't know but um it's the perfect marriage of of talent and coach system and everything just to let him be who he is and not because you wonder would every coach would mahomes be this great under every coach they'd be great 
He would be great, no matter who is. I mean, he'll, would I mean, he have gotten coach, this chance? Uh, you mean like to, just to be a kind of a kind just of loose? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there might be some coaches that said, you know what, we're going to rain him in. We're going to rain him in. We're not going <laughs> to. Brad would have freaked out. Yeah, first time he threw a pass left-handed. Probably, so. the, the Brad, the Brad Childress <laughs> that we covered, Chip would have freaked out. Yeah, like he he would have been like, we don't do that here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I still think a guy that that is that good is going to rise above whatever coach is trying to, you know, do. But but but. but it's certainly drawn out his, his uh, unique qualities and his, um, his personality on the field in terms of how he played his flair, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and God bless Andy Reid. How old is he? I mean, this is not, uh, you know, a young coach. I mean, this is a guy who is probably pretty set in his ways and he just adapted. I mean, he's yep, like, you know, and that on the fourth and one, when it wasn't Mahomes and, and he goes for it, you know, in that situation to win the game, it's like, you know, 62. 62. Yeah. I mean, he just kind of, I don't know if reinvented himself, but I love the way he coaches. I mean, just fearless and we're going to go for it, you know? So question for you. So, so when Brad was with Reed on his, on his staff, OC didn't call plays, right? Mm -hmm. But, but because, but because Reed was successful uh, in fit, Philly, he got the chance and yeah. became and became a hot candidate and eventually got the job here. And it was, I, I mean, there was success, but yeah. he was, but he was, but Brad was very rigid about what he believed the quarterback position should be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's my question though. Reed, I think himself has evolved mightily. Like, I think he's a very different guy now. I think yeah. that he, so, so the enemy who I think calls some plays, but Reed is still, as far as I know, in Kansas City, the chief play caller there, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, how much do you think the enemy has learned that Brad didn't learn because of how Reed himself has changed from the time that, you know, from the earlier 2000s with the Eagles to now in Kansas City? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, he, my, my just from watching it afar, the enemy gets to do a lot more. It has a lot more input and play calling than, than Brad had at Philly. Don't you think? I mean, yeah. yes. and I don't, I, I think, I think Reed probably calls plays, but when you, when they show those sideline shots, it's always the enemy. And he's got the, and, and he's, he's got, got the chart. Thing. He's got yeah. the chart. He's doing it. So it's, I'm with I you. think it, I don't know what the, you know, if it's 95, 5% or nine, whatever the percentage is, but he's definitely calling the plays. Now, you know, I'm sure in the headset, Reed's probably saying, "Hey, let's run here, let's pass here, let's you know stuff like that." But um, so I think the enemy has a lot more input and stuff, um, and that's you know that's probably a credit to Reed just as he's gotten older and more maybe delegates more, or, or maybe just you know has, has said, "Hey, I want to do it a different way now." You know, right. I want my coordinator, and I can take a more CEO approach to it. You know, yeah. Uh Last thing, twins. I told you all this time. All winter long. I told you, settle down. They're going to make moves. You're like, no, what are they doing? They're not doing anything. I said, just calm down. Uh, uh, They're going to address shortstop Mm -hmm. and and get a gold glover. They're going to sign uh, Alex Colomay, who's a 32-year-old with closer material. They're going to make all these moves. And you insisted. You insisted (laughs) on panicking. 
I was proven right. The twins have done exactly what we thought. Those do nothing twins. Yeah, cheap ads. Cheap ads. Um, yeah, I mean, get Cruz back. I mean, and I, I, we thought that was going to happen, right? Especially when the the, NH, yeah. the National League didn't do the DH. Um, do you like the idea of closer by committee, or do you feel like they need one guy? Um, I am far more concerned about the overall handling of the pitching staff, i.e. the starters at times and how long they're allowed to go than I am the actual closer. Uh, I, 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 I like, I like a buildup of arms of guys who can close because I do buy into the theory that, that there are times where your most important uh, time of the game comes up, like in the seventh, seventh. Yeah. And if I can bring in a guy who throws heat and, and is good at, at that point, and he used to be only a ninth inning closer. I'm fine yeah. with that. Um, I still have concerns, especially in the playoff games, Chip, about how Rocco manages the starters. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not completely comfortable there. But I don't care who you say, who you call your closer and who gets the sand. Yeah. Do you think I wonder? It'll be interesting to see and talk to Rocco at, at camp if the way that last game went with uh, Barrios. And this is more than a manager's decision anymore. This is taking out of their hands almost how they handle starters. But does that at all affect, you know, how you're going to handle your starters? Are you, you know, going to be less likely to do that? My guess is no, because those are organizational decisions, right? I mean, that comes from analytics yeah. and, and a template and all that. But, but a playoff game that that has to change. You, you, like that that was ridiculous. That I would, for a playoff I would game. say I would say a game in July, you should be able to well, go. Through, you know, I mean, I know I know it's easy to say that when I don't have a boss that's telling me this is how we're going to do it in an organizational way. But um, no, I mean, I think they're, I think the, this splash they've made here at the end, um, you know, I, I, I think it's them and the white Sox again. I mean, I think you, you say, okay, this, they've shored up some deficiencies, bullpen defense, and then you get your DH back and, you know, I, I assume they'll add another starter. It's not going to be a one or two, but it'll be a four or five. And then, whether it's older Rizzi or whoever, and it'll be a, it'll be a good starting rotation. Won't be great, but it'll be one through five. You'll feel like okay, yeah, they got you know solid guys there. Yeah, and in fact, about uh, a month ago, when the White Sox what had signed um, the closer from the A's, yeah. Hendricks, yeah, and had made their moves, I said to myself, well, they're they're going to win the division by five games. Now that the twins have sort of countered and made moves, I think it's going to be close. Um, I'm just curious. I'm really curious now if they can get back to the playoffs, if they can win, not a series, Chip <laughs> Doggins, but one game. I mean, you've lost eight. Think about this. It's mind-boggling. <laughs> 18 consecutive. But, I mean, think about this. Longest losing streak, postseason losing streak yeah. in North American history. Yeah. It's, it's 18 games. I mean, you the, the percentages of doing that in, in the sports of hockey or baseball are so small. It's like winning the lottery, can you, right? Can you, win you one, win. can you win one game? Yeah. And I don't care if, if Jose Barrios or Maeda has to pitch a complete game and throw 125 pitches at this point. Yeah. Can you win one playoff game? Yeah, it's that's the damnedest record. I mean, the thing that you lose that many games in a row, like just – you think something fluky would happen where you would win one. Somebody would, you know. Yeah, ball would go through a shortstop's legs or something. Or, or an error or something. Yeah, it's – it's so I, 
I do like their team. I, I'll say that. I like I like the you know the shortstop. Um, the defense is going yeah, to be defense is going to be really good. It's healthy. The, yeah, the defense. And is. two years ago, they kept insisting, yeah, Polanco and Snow on the left side of that infield are fine, yeah. and we're all like, no, they're not yeah. fine. You need more defense, Judd. But here's the thing: Can Donaldson stay healthy? How's his calf? And how many games is Buxton going to play? You're right. I know. You're exactly I mean, right. It's, it's not being a pessimist. It's just being it's realistic. It's going, on, it's going on track record, you know. Yes. And I, I, I know Donaldson talked at, at at Twins Fest. Did he talk about any changes to his regimen to, to try to uh, avoid that? No, no, that's something he can't. They'll have to address that. But yeah, if he, if he can, you know, if if those guys stay healthy, the defense is going to be really good. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's the one thing is that's a chronic problem. Like yeah, that's not yeah. you, you cannot you cannot say well I've changed things I mean he's seen specialists mm-hmm. he has had this problem now what ongoing at, at uh, three years times right? for three years now now he 2019 he was fine and, and played yep. a ton of games for your Braves but besides that this has been an ongoing problem and that's the thing and you're right on Buxton and we can never I until I see Buxton play 145 or something right. Yeah, I'm not even going to broach well, that one. You can't like how many years have, have we sat here now in February yes. and had this exact discussion and been like, but if and if Buxton does this, well, yeah, if Buxton does that, he's fantastic. Yeah, but he has never stayed no. healthy. And that's when we start every conversation with any any conversation you have with him at the start of the season, like you know, if he stays healthy, it's like, well, he doesn't, and it's you know, it's not just it's just given at this point, he's not going to play every game, you know, so. Exactly right. All right, Chip Scoggins. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. We will see you. All right, good stuff. Bye-bye. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.